I'll figure it out. The Lord uh, shall well, shine happy through Easter. you. Happy Easter. The Lord has already been shining through us and deciding that we should not do an Instagram live. Yeah, that's um, fine. That was made very apparent to us. And that's what's so great about the spirit of God. <laughs> um, yeah, man. How's it going? Uh, not bad, dude. Not bad. I uh, got the mark of the beast today. Vaccine number All one. Right, so I got mine on Friday. So it's um, very exciting. I, I don't know if you if you felt pretty tired from it post having it, but I'm I definitely had a wave that I was feeling like oh I'm definitely gonna have to take a nap today. I'm pretty exhausted from from this. Or maybe it you was the what? bullshit food I, I ate for lunch. I did feel pretty tired from it the next day, but I also stayed up until like three o'clock in the morning Friday night. So maybe mm. that was the f- real factor. He went in. Um, yeah, just, <laughs> you know, doing my thing. Um, yeah, man. So anyways, I already attempted this on Instagram, but I'm going to, I'll tell you my, my sh- sh- shitty joke that, and I really want to underscore shitty cause it's a bad I understand that it's bad, but I woke up with it in my head this morning and I thought it was pretty funny. And that's that. Um, I think it's in line with, you know, what we talk about in this podcast, what we joke about in this podcast. And please, for the love of God, you know, it's a joke. So don't get, don't be firing up our inbox like you, you buds, you listeners like to do. Um, but yeah, my joke was that, you know, Jesus was crucified a gay black Jewish man and he rose again as a straight white blue-eyed blonde-haired American baby Christian <laughs> and that's worth celebrating <laughs> he is risen you know he is risen I also made a, a little joke to myself this morning as I like rose up out of bed I was like he is risen um and then that was just a chuckle just for me and sometimes you gotta do that for yourself you know yeah yeah, I no, I I've made uh, some very absurd "He is risen" jokes today. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's hard not to. And the memes. Well, there's the, a couple. The memes are also like oh, really man. great today. Great memes today. Um, great memes. And yeah, I just thought it was fun that I got my uh, my vaccine today on on Resurrection Day. I didn't really think about it until yeah. I was in line and about to get it. And I was like, oh, this is, this is the best day to get it. If this all goes downhill yeah, from place. here, like, cool. It's fine. I feel like, honestly, I felt like Good Friday, the day that I got it, was the best day to get it. Because I was like, if this vaccine kills me, like all the all of these people who've done their research say that it's going to kill me, um, then maybe I'll rise from the dead on Sunday and it'll be perfect. You know? Hallelujah. That was my, Hallelujah, that was my thought you know? behind it. Uh, any listeners out there who are on the fence about getting the vaccine, don't be. Just don't be. Just get it. It's so well researched. I'm seeing more of this on the internet. I'm just worried for people now. All these people out there being like convinced that folks are dying from the vaccine and that <clears throat> whatever. I mean... There are, the risks are so minimal, it just blows my mind that anyone would not 
get the vaccine at this point, but people want to believe what they want to believe. And human belief is strange like that, man. People like people need their teams. And for people that aren't religious, it seems like the conspiracy stuff is like, that's their home base for some people that are still like, um, that need something like ideologically to glom onto, but they don't want it to be religion. I feel like conspiracy is like the next, that's the next step. That's their religion. Yeah. Um, but then you also have the people that are religious that also are clinging to these conspiracies as well. well. Yeah, I mean, they're and prime, they're primed for it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just be understanding of why people don't want to get it, I guess, you know, I want, you know, I, I, I think it's the right thing to do, but I'm also not, uh, Hey, I'm not, if you're I'm listening not ready to, to like, and you think, yeah, I'm just like, not ready to be like, Oh, this person's wrong for not getting it right this second and i feel like a lot of people you know like you know the conspiracy shit only holds a certain amount of weight but i think a lot of people have good reason to distrust the government and stuff but for me it's just like this is too big it's worldwide you know it would be right i think i would maybe be a little more weary myself if we were just talking about america dealing with this problem or something but I don't know. We've seen other countries, you know, are also very much in the mix of this as well. It just feels like mm-hmm. that would be way too big of an orchestration to pull off for this to be some fucking grand plan to to fuck us all up or right to, to fuck us over. And also, like honestly, like I don't know, man. You want to put a chip in me? I'm I'm probably not gonna volunteer for it, but I don't really give a fuck if you know where I'm at. I'm I'm cool on it it's not my preference that i'm chipped up and that there's a tracker in me but like if that's what's going on right. man i mean like cool there's I, already a tracker there's already a tracker attached to all of us in the modern world at all times you like, want yeah it's in like our pockets so like does somebody really want to listen to all three of the podcasts that i'm doing like cool track <laughs> me I'll, I'll just be it's, it's gonna be a lot Go a lot it. of bullshit go wild <laughs> yeah but i don't yeah, know man. it's uh well, I'm, I'm glad i'm glad that you got it i'm glad that i got it i'm i'm stoked did you get uh did you got to get a second dose or you you want yeah, to do i gotta do the uh the round two here in a month so Word. early may first weekend of may i'll be uh i'll be vaccinated all the way and hell yeah buddy. that's gonna make me personally feel a little bit better about uh getting some things rolling and i'm just stoked man i'm stoked to see some some things are on the calendar you know like people are making plans to yeah. do shit things are opening up i don't know if it's the right thing or whatever but i think it's like i'm i don't know i think i think if we have all of this vaccination stuff in place it's uh let's Let's roll I mean, on. I feel like I feel like all of the people that I know in Portland that are worth knowing are getting vaccinated. Uh, and that is fucking great because it's like, all right, we're all going to be fully vaccinated and good to go by summer. And so then we can all like actually fucking hang out 
and I don't have to be like, you know, cause like the few people that I hang out with regularly, if I go hang out with like certain friends, I might be like, Oh, like, just so you know, like I also hung out with this person outside, you know, a week ago or something like just so that you're aware of like any potential risk trying to keep it all above water. So it'll just be nice to be able to like, to scale some of that back a little bit and know that people are protected against it. And, you know, we can all be reborn into this new fucking world, this post pandemic world. Um, it's kind of interesting that, yeah, it's sort of coinciding in some ways, obviously we're far from over, but like it is, things are swinging in a new direction as we enter into spring and summer, which is pretty cool. Yeah, buddy. Here we go into the sun. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what I think is interesting, maybe something that I haven't picked up on before, but I, I've picked up on this year, is I've noticed a lot of people who I know are not religious being like, Happy Easter, y'all. Yeah. And I, and I just, I didn't really, I don't know. I, I guess I, I maybe that must have just been a thing before, but I was thinking, ugh, excuse me. I was thinking back to uh, our Christmas conversation. And I was like, I mean, I guess there's just this, like, there is this, like, pagan vibe mm-hmm. to Easter as well. Like, you know, a solstice holiday of sorts. Uh, and obviously the resurrection is, like, very symbolic of lots of things. And spring feels like a resurrection, especially in Portland with all of the flowers blooming and shit right now. Like, it's so beautiful out. All these trees are in full bloom. And it's, like, it can be incredible to walk around certain areas of town and just see these, like massive magnolia trees and the cherry blossoms and like yeah it feels like every year it's like new life coming in after like you know the super rainy winter um and yeah i think it's interesting that people sort of are still like it's just an it's an opportunity for them to celebrate spring celebrate celebrate like you know the 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 cycles of the world um and so yeah, there's obviously a huge religious element to Easter, but there's also this like very non-religious element to Easter as well that I think it's just like, I mean, what are what are people who are not religious going to do? We're going to create our own separate holiday and call it something yeah. else. Fucking Easter is already like a East, you know, it's already mostly associated with like Easter bunny and like fucking eggs. Like it's already been very uh, washed over by capitalism. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I think plenty of people celebrate easter just generally you know and it's yeah yeah and i get it i do get it why why you would be not religious and still celebrate easter um because fuck man it's a beautiful day in portland today and i feel like in i mean i've been doing laundry all day but in some ways i've been celebrating um and enjoying like the nice outdoors and uh saw a friend earlier today we went to the park so, yeah, I'm curious, though, like, your experience, what what was Easter like growing up for you? Oh, you know, it was just like a day of go to church in the morning, you know, do the old Easter egg hunt, have some food, some fam, usually, you know, nothing, nothing usually crazy, but it was definitely something that was acknowledged and usually a big day to like go to church you know always hitting like ash Wednesday. yeah and get the like, family yeah, together ash wednesday 
um and then doing the lent thing i feel like things are pretty acknowledged during that time and then yeah usually doing some sort of uh solid meal and some family maybe uh and yeah i think also that's a thing though is is if you have i think so many people end up celebrating easter because they end up having kids and then there's right and this and is a fun one yeah for kids. And there's like it's kind of weird if you kind of keep your kid from having that experience because it is such a cultural experience yeah there's so many things with eggs we decorate the eggs we hunt for the eggs we eat the eggs we do all the things with right. eggs on easter and yeah you don't want to you don't want to steal that from your child i feel like for me uh Easter was very similar, right? It's just like sort of a, it sort of felt like just another day of going to church and, but it, except it ended with, you know, after that, like, you know, the family getting together and hanging out and like my family on my mom's side is like very large. There's in Southern California, there's tons of like second cousins and second uncles and like cousins first removed whatever the fuck like you know extended family beyond even just aunts and uncles like that would get together because they all live in the area so it would be a big crew of like you know 60 to 80 people sometimes that would get together for easter and i just remember as a kid feeling like you know obviously christmas is the christmas and halloween are the dope holidays because like you get so many things and as a kid that's kind of what you're focused on but I feel like I always still got the sense as a kid of just like there was this extra importance placed on Easter because it was like this is the day that we recognize like the most central thing to the religion, mm. which is that like this savior came and died for our sins and then proved that he was a savior by rising again. Um, but as a kid, you're sort of like, cool. So why don't we celebrate that with presents, though? Like, why am I just doing this Easter egg hunt? I don't understand why we aren't doing more than just eating KFC in the park. Like, if that's what we're celebrating, you know, we should. But again, it goes back to the fact that, like, a lot of these traditions, and I'd be curious to know where the Easter egg thing started from, but a lot of these traditions that are tied to these, like, religious holidays are, like, they have pagan roots, you know? Like, Christmas is such, is a pagan holiday, and Easter, you know, who the fuck knows, but, um, you ready for the yeah, Easter egg hunt story? Yeah. You got one. Um, no, I don't have one. I just like, I don't know. I was, I was just trying to do some, some quick research here on how this, uh, Oh, Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were just on a total sidetrack being like, and now I'm going to tell you a story about one of my favorite Easter egg hunts. No, I think my Easter egg hunts yeah, got I mean, if dope you can... when I like my, my Easter egg hunts got dope when I, uh, you know, when the plastic eggs came out and there started being dollar bills and those things. That's when I got excited about the Hell Easter yeah. egg hunt. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck your jelly beans. Give me that dollar bill, y'all. Right. (laughs) Um, Looks like in the German Lutheran tradition, the Easter egg hunt is linked to the Easter bunny or the Easter hare. As he was originally known, the first written reference to the Easter hare was in 1682. George Frank von Frankenau's essay 
this is about Easter eggs is what it translates to, but uh, it links hares and rabbits and Easter go back earlier in Central Europe. Hares were associated with fertility and with the Virgin Mary and sometimes appear in paintings okay. of the Virgin and Christ child and also in illuminated manuscripts. Customs had it that the hare would bring a basket of brightly painted eggs for all the children who had been good, and these would be hidden around the house and garden for the children to find. So the eggs are hmm. literally supposed to represent eggs, fertility, in some way. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Um, and then they sent those kids right. out of the room, apparently. So that they could uh, capitalize on that fertility. They sent them on the hunt. And distracted them with eggs so they could do the deed. Mm, That part I made up, but it seems plausible. No, it's probably real. Um, If you were able to make it up off the cuff, then someone else (laughs) probably came to the same conclusion. That's interesting, though. Uh, Yeah. Like the rabbits were associated with fertility. Like what? Where, yeah. What is the link here? Where? where yeah, I don't really get yeah. that. Where's your brother when we need him? I don't know that I get that. <laughs> right. <laughs> with all the real facts instead of whatever we're putting out into the air. Yeah. Um. Where? Well, I did want to talk a little bit about the resurrection and the concept of resurrection. Let's go. Um, I first wanted to note though, and I think I, maybe we talked a little bit about this last year. It's hard to remember at this point. Um, but I think it's so interesting that like, at least the um, most American Christian traditions, you know, really hold true to the fact that like Jesus's body was resurrected, right? Like he he walked away after physically dying. He came back to life physically. And that is sort of the story that's in like Matthew and John, but the story in the other two gospels in Mark, in, uh, Mark and Luke is super different. And it's like, basically that like Jesus's spirit was resurrected and like his disciples, they encountered Jesus in some other form, not maybe sometimes not even knowing that it was Jesus at first. Um, and then the Gnostic gospels are also like all about this idea that like Jesus was like Mary Magdalene meets Jesus in one of the Gnostic gospels, like, uh, as a gardener in the garden. And it's like, weeping over you know the loss of jesus and then this gardener is like comforting her and then she realizes that the gardener is jesus which is like kind of fucking trippy you know um and yeah i just think it's interesting that it's like sort of the way that religions sort of you know pick and choose what they what they want to be real but like right under right under christianity's nose is this like well-documented other story of Jesus's resurrection, which is that like, it was a resurrection of the spirit, not of his body, um, which pulls away this miraculous element and brings in this very like mystical element that I think is so much more interesting. 
Um, and I also wanted to share something that uh, our friend, a former guest of the podcast. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, um, it sort of relates to here. Give me one sec. So yeah, again, former guest of the podcast, Ryan Walton posted this thing on Instagram that I thought was interesting. And he just said, I don't believe in miracles. Don't believe in authority offered by religious institution institutions, but I'm also not able to connect to a modern world that is dying in spiritual poverty. Uh, what's with this limbo? And is there any way forward? And I thought that was just a, an interesting reflection and a great question. And you know, ties into sort of what we've been trying to do with this podcast. It's like, yeah, I don't really believe in the physical resurrection of Jesus either, but like, I do think that there's so much value in right. this story. And that it is the pinnacle of like, you know, the hero's journey and whatnot. Um, and sort of signifying, there seems to be something that's important to human beings that we signify, or believe in, or in some ways know that like another human has, has at least spiritually died and yeah. been reborn. Um, so that we know that we can do that ourselves. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, Anyways. that's obviously the interpretation I, uh, vibe with more than the other, you know, it makes more sense. The new fire each day thing. The fucking, Yeah. New fire each day. What's that? You know, just this op like just spiritual resurrection can like happen uh, every day. I feel like, and you know, or sure. like the opportunity can present itself to to make big changes. I think always, always be ready. Be ready. Um, but also, yeah, just like finding finding fire in each day, and. Uh, just like rebirth. No, I like that. That's a, I, that's a, <clears throat> I like thinking of the cycles of, you know, of life, of spirituality. Like it does see, it does feel like there's a, there's a micro and there's a macro, right? And that's even reflected in our reality. There's a, there's the micro cycle of the sun rising and the sun setting. There's the macro cycle of, you know, this, of the seasons throughout a year. And then there's like an even another macro cycle of like the different stages that like the earth would go through or even like the death and birth of like a universe, you know, potentially. So there's all of these things like, yeah, the death and the rebirth seems to be reflected at every level. Um, and I do think that that's kind of cool to recognize that like each day is potentially a new day to be uh, resurrected in some in some way, even if it's a yeah. small way. I mean, you can literally wake up and like change your life completely tomorrow. Like there's outside factors that you can't control, but like you, there's a bunch of other things that you can. So if like you really wanted to go after something tomorrow or. Yeah. I don't know, man. As, as I get older, just to play devil's advocate a little bit. As I get older, I start to feel like... 
sometimes I start to feel like change isn't something that we necessarily choose, but it's something that just happens to us. Um, and that like that some people maybe can wake up and be like, tomorrow is the day that I start this, whatever, this exercise routine or this day that I start reaching out to people that I love every day or the day that I start journaling every morning or this morning routine or whatever. For me, that's never really worked um, in terms of like me choosing it when I to try to decide like, all right, this now I'm doing this, uh, you know, I'm, I can only make it so far and then it sort of falls apart. But when it happens naturally, uh, there seems there's there seems to be some kind of like, um, I don't know, some kind of like legit staying power to the new routine because it happened uh, in a more natural way where it's like now and it's, psychedelics play like such a huge part in this, right? Of like, I, I think that's why psychedelics are so important is because it's, it that's a choice that you can make to enact a change in your life that will have staying power because you're going to rewire your brain in a certain way as opposed to just trying to like white knuckle your way into having a morning routine every day maybe you can set an intention have a mystical experience on with psilocybin and then like have your brain rewired in a way where it's just like i'm not doing this because i told myself i have to i'm doing it because i deeply want to do it so there's like a there's a a shift there. And I think that like, you can, you can will yourself to that point maybe eventually. And I feel like I felt that with exercise of like, you know, when you first start going to the gym, you're sort of just like forcing yourself to go. And then after maybe you've been going for like a month or a couple months or whatever, you hit a point where you're like, no, I want to go. Cause I know it's going to make me feel good. Yeah. Um, but when it comes it's- to big spiritual shifts, I've, I've, I feel like, uh, I feel like sometimes they just kind of happen to us. And Richard Rohr kind of talks about that a little bit too. Yeah. Like in, in falling upward. I feel that for sure. Um, but I still feel like, you know, even you talking about the psychedelics, like setting an intention, like you still want, like you're still open and like wanting something to happen. It seems like, so like maybe just the the natural progression of it happening is just you know finally you in that state where you truly want that thing or like right. realize that it's like going to optimize your life or something I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. um, uh, speaking of psychedelics I have been and rebirths. <clears throat> I've been I've been messing around a little bit with the microdosing recently. Oh yeah, of the mushrooms. Really? Yeah. How's it How's it been going? And how long have you been doing it? Uh, a couple weeks now. I'll do like a day on, two days off. Mm-hmm. And I think what I'm finding is that I prefer to do it in the evening because. When I do it in the morning, I mean, I'm still, and for anyone who doesn't know, microdosing is like you take a very small amount of of a psychedelic substance, so small that like you don't necessarily like 
feel it. It's not going to impact your consciousness in the same way. Uh, you know, it's going to impact you on in terms of the way that you think about the world. Like it would impact you the same way, probably less than like a cup of coffee. Like it's minimal, but there's maybe a compounding effect if you do it, you know, one day on two days off, one day on two days off. But I find with mushrooms, <clears throat> I can feel that it makes me, uh, it, it definitely expands on my like creativity. Um, but it doesn't do a whole lot for like my focus. Mm. So like it with my current job, like a lot of times during the day, it's just like, I need laser focus to just get through the day and all of the tasks that I need to get through. And I cannot be getting distracted by anything. And I'm very easily distracted. So even in just like my normal waking conscious state, this job is difficult for me because I'm sitting at a computer and I can easily just be like, Oh, let me check Reddit for a second. And then 30 minutes later, I'm like, Oh fuck, I'm behind on everything. Um, and I don't know. Uh, but when I microdose mushrooms in the evening, I find myself like really like getting into some interesting creative states. Uh, and again, it's like, I'm taking such a small amount. It's like, I'm not, I'm not anywhere near tripping. Um, but I also am starting to feel the, like, I guess the compounding effects of doing it consistently one day on two days off. And I want to do it for a month and sort of see what happens and see how I feel. Um, but I do find myself just in general, even on days where like I didn't microdose mushrooms, you know, I feel myself walking around and looking at things and like everything feels a little bit brighter and a little bit shinier. And, you know, as someone who's can be prone to, to sadness and malaise, like that's a nice feeling to just sort of go on a walk and be like, really like, Oh man, this is great. Like, this is so great to just be on a walk yeah. in my neighborhood. Be feel filled with a little wonder, a little sparkle in your yeah, eye. Yeah, exactly. About some very exactly. simple stuff that you don't like usually see from day to day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that there's, um, you know, I'm so interested to see what happens as mushrooms become are now legal in Portland and like, obviously they're not, they've legalized it, but they haven't like, they're not like available to people. I think they've, and then I think they were only legalized for like medical purposes or whatever. So it's like, they're still figuring shit out, but I, there's obviously this huge shift happening, happening specifically with mushrooms. I think because it's a plant medicine and like, you know, LSD has like these sort of negative connotations that psilocybin doesn't have. Um, but I do think that it's this tool, like back to this idea of like, you know, death and rebirth and resurrection. It's like nothing is going to give you that experience more than mushrooms. That is sort of the pinnacle of the mushroom experience is that like it kills your ego for a time. And then when you're reborn back and back with your ego, you know, I, th I heard someone say it recently and I thought this was like so on point is it's just like, and we talked about this with, with Ryan Sharp of like, you can't like just kill your ego period. 
because then you can't operate in the world. But if you can, if you can take your ego down a notch and put it in check a little bit and make it realize that it's like not the most important thing and that it's not running the show, then that has some huge benefits. And I feel like nothing in my experience, nothing can do that quite like mushrooms can, where it's just like it washes it away and you realize how things actually operate and, and what's actually important. And then when the ego tries to come back in, you're just like, yeah, buddy, I appreciate you. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to hold you in the, we're not going to let you drive the car anymore. You're going to sit in the back seat now. And like, you're, I know you're still going to try to be a backseat driver and you're going to still yell shit from the backseat and tell me to turn here and be like, speed up, slow down, whatever. But like, I'm not letting you drive the car anymore. I'm going to let, I'm going to let something else drive the car. What that other thing is, I don't know, but I think that that's the huge benefit is like getting the ego out of the driver's seat. Yeah, I agree. I think the psychedelics are obviously a a pretty, uh, a pretty gnarly way into, uh, experiencing that usually a pretty sure shot if you do enough of it, just because there's not at a certain point, you really just have to go with this thing that's happening when you surrender do a certain amount there's not really a a whole lot of a whole lot you can do to kind of like hold on to reality but um yeah i think death can really shake that up too Uh, death is a psychedelic experience in its own right in a way you know, like the, you, you're talking about just like the death of someone close to you. Yeah. That's fucking like, that, like right? that's been just like huge for me, like in the past couple of years. Yeah. Talk to me, talk to me about that. Cause I know you've lost some people real close to you in the last few years. So obviously that's like a, that's a fresh experience for you. And like something that even at this point, like, I know you like your buddy Braden who passed, it's like you're coming up on like anniversaries of his death. And so it's like something that every Mm, year you have this reminder of it. And like, uh, it's interesting, you know, it's been like two and a half years or so. And yeah, you do have like these anniversaries and you kind of have like, you celebrate maybe this person's like birthdays or something like, or you try to, you know, like I still have, I mean, I'm moving right now, but up until like last night, I still had like the, uh, the little program that was handed out like at the funeral. Like it was still just like on my fridge just cause it was like a fun picture of him. And I don't know, man, I like to keep relics of him around. Like, I'm, I, like I feel, I don't, I think that you when people like talk about keeping someone's spirit alive, it's really like on those people to do it. Like it's not going to be totally. there if you don't want it to be like, I mean, maybe like, you know, maybe dreams Which, are different. Wow, or man, you're going to feel like a presence, but like, like I remember like, yeah, there's, there's experiences that will trigger something, you know, for me to like, think of a time we had or whatever, but like, it's also like, yeah, keeping his pictures around and like, it's, it's, uh, you know, I have like a hat of his and a beanie of his, like in my studio room and shit. Cause like he was the fucking, like 
the unbelievable musician and like producer. So it just like feels good to like have those, those things there. And like, it feels good to like look at pictures or like post them every once in a while, just to like try to keep that shit alive, you know? And like, I've, uh, I've like really tried my damnedest to like keep up with his mom and like send consistent messages to her and shit just to like, like, yo, like, I'm thinking of Brayden. I just, like, want you to know that, like, I know that the the world, like, keeps moving when people die, you know? And, like, it doesn't affect a lot of people's day-to-day. But, like, yeah, for his, like, his family and shit, you know? Probably struggling heavy with that every day still in some ways. So, yeah, I think it's, like, keeping the spirit alive is, like, pretty important to me. And, and I, like getting my friend Brayden passed away from an overdose, which is like super heavy. Um, and getting to know some people that are like, have lived that life heavy and are deep into their sobriety now and getting like further understanding of that stuff too, is like learning from them that it's like important to, to like never stop saying those names or like never letting that not be a part of the conversation Mm also just because it's like that shit is uh like a lot of those times a lot of times like people that pass away from overdoses are often like looked at as junkies you know and right like yeah they're tossed aside i don't know like i watched you know like but most people don't even see that that side of them necessarily like a lot of people just know them for like being these incredibly like kind people like i knew brayden for like five or six years and like he touched my life and like several other people up here that like knew him for a year or three years and you know it was just like one of those people that you're just like yo this is one of like the most important relationships I've had or like you know just somebody that you're willing to like bear your soul in front of and feel like no judgment and things like that so um Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's just, like, figuring out how to keep it alive. But the point of, like, life keeps moving is, you know, one of those huge kind of, I don't know, revelations I had on the trip that we went out to Joshua Tree. Because, like, we were were just, like, absolutely blasted on mushrooms that day. And I just kind of, like, had this realization, you know, that the world just fucking keeps on moving man like no one needs me for the for all the businesses to open every morning and for like you know people to get to work and shit like or for the plants of the earth to continue to be fed yeah. by the system like of yeah, the world shit keeps you rolling. I think that that's a beautiful notion the idea of and to kind of continue this thread of resurrection the idea of uh, and I'm sure you would hear this at any funeral, but the idea that like, you know, when you lose someone, it's, it's the community that resurrects their spirit, you know, yeah. and keeps it alive. Um, yeah, I think that that's, I think that that's amazing. And I think it speaks volumes to like, you know, the life that you lead. If there's a, if you leave a community behind that wants to resurrect your spirit, um, because I think, you know, I, there are some some people myself included that know folks that have died where it's like, I'm not sure. Like 
that that resur- that spirit is being resurrected super heavy outside of like immediate family yeah. units and stuff, you know, some people like, you know, whatever. But anyways, uh, that's cool, man. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and, and the world it's heavy. It's like, I don't know. I was just, I was telling a friend recently who was going through something like that. They lost somebody to an overdose and just kind of like reached out and it was just like, yo man, like, Like it never, I don't know. Life doesn't seem to get easier, you know, it like it's, uh, but it, it does get like more beautiful in different ways. I feel like, you know, you have to like find the beauty, like when you're dealing with like, when you're dealing with life and like just understanding that death is a part of the game and that, not like this experience is not all fucking roses for a lot of people and they have a hard time like operating in society and it's no and it is about learning to accept it i've been playing with this like sort of this concept this metaphor with this song that i've been writing where uh and i think i played this for you but i like liken myself to like a thin piece of paper that's been you know, that's thin because it feels stretched thin by life and, and it, and it feels like all of the, you know, it's been wrinkled and all the corners are bent in and accepting the fact that like some of those bends, like sometimes when your corner gets bent in super hard, like whether that's a heartbreak or the death of a friend or whatever, it's like, that's a crease that's not going to mend the same way that like, if you, if you crease a piece of paper super hard, like that crease is always going to be there. You might be able to flatten the paper out again fully so that it's not like bent in, but the line, the crease itself never goes away. Uh, And I think that that's an interesting metaphor for life. I think there are certain things, certain events that happen in life that create these creases that like, we have to just learn how to live with them because they won't go away. And I remember like even just, you know, again, this is, you know, it's not the same as losing someone you love, but my first like really bad heartbreak in college, I remember a a college friend who had been through something similar saying like, he was just like, oh yeah. Like he was like, I've accepted the fact that like, I'll never not think of that person and wonder what could have been. And he was like, it's not in a way of like, longing for or wishing for or like regretting or anything but he's just like that's the thing that's imprinted upon me of like that was a really meaningful relationship for me that I really wanted to work and it didn't and he was like yeah part of me wants to just move on and completely forget it but he was like I don't think that that's that's the move and he was like the reality is as he's you know he was like I'm a few years out now and uh, most days I don't think about it, but on the days that I do think about it, like I welcome it as opposed to being like, no, I yeah. shouldn't think about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, finding like some sort of healthy way to live in it, I guess, you know, I think that's even like, yeah, I don't know. There's a, like, it's usually not a, like a, a bothering thing for me to be reminded I guess of like Brayden's passing, 
or you know any other loved ones I guess but specifically with him like I've obviously like invited those things in if I surround myself with them you know and mm-hmm. I think a part of mm-hmm. it for me is just like somehow that it just like fuels the fire it like makes me like I think about you know I consult him in in some situations you know I speak out loud at times it's just like it's a fun person to bounce things off of because really it's just like tapping mm-hmm. into the, like that shadow self in some way but also like trying to channel someone else's like spirit into your like decision I suppose which is fucking like pretty hippy sure. dippy but like no but it, on some level though it's really not because it's like especially when you think about um yeah, I mean, you can think of spirit as, like, sort of this, like, ethereal thing that, like, really exists that could, like, you know, almost like this kind of, like, invisible orb that you're trying to, like, pull in. Or you could think of spirit, like, another way that we use that word, like, when we talk about, like, the spirit of Christmas, like, the spirit of, in the spirit yeah. of whatever. And it's, like, maybe you're just trying to embody, like, from your perspective, from the experiences that you've had with this person, you are trying to pull in the spirit yeah, of Brayden, right. not like in the hippy dippy way of like, oh, I'm trying to summon yeah, yeah, his ghost, sure. but in this beautiful, meaningful way of like, I'm trying to remember him deeply and like, how do I think he would respond in this situation or what words of advice do I think he would have? I think that that's beautiful and like also so helpful and people do that. I've heard of people doing that all the time, especially with like uh, dead mm-hmm. parents of like having conversations with their dead parents and asking them for advice. And it's obviously it's you talking to yourself, mm-hmm. but you are doing it in the spirit of that yeah. person. And I think that's really healthy and like, for sure. And beautiful. And yeah. I feel very fortunate. Like my relationship with that situation, just because yeah, often it's like a positive thing and like yeah obviously i I fucking i miss my friend i wish i could have a real conversation with him and every once in a while i don't know what it is but the past week i've had two like extremely like vivid dreams that have been like brain dreams where we're just i'm hanging out in a room and dude like walks in and we're just and we're just sitting there like talking and it's just like and just like looking at the other people in the room like yeah like is this dude like here like what (laughs) like what is happening and that's interesting just wait i want to put a little pin in that in the dream you have the knowledge that he's so yeah like um but then but that he's physically in front of you but you know in the dream that he's not that that just couldn't be because he's absolutely because i feel like for me uh and i've never i've never you know lost a friend that was that close to me but just in dreams that i have a lot of times like the things that are impossible like i'm just accepting them as real yeah. in the dream so that's an interesting that's an interesting phenomena of you being like you knowing in the dream that he's no longer physically yeah. on the earth and then seeing him and being like whoa what a trip and looking around the room and being like but then like yeah and but then also like sitting down and having a conversation with him and you're just like how is this happening because it feels so real and Mm -hmm. and then also you know there's the mind fuck of dreams in general to just be like 
Yeah, like, what is... Is something, like, trying to speak to me about something here? You know, <laughs> what am I... What is my brain tapping into? You know, what channel did it plug into this evening to, you know, put totally. me in this sort of space? Because I still feel like dreams like fuck psychedelics dude like dreams are the most mysterious fucking things that naturally happen every every night and for me yeah sometimes it can be i don't know pretty rough uh, like vivid vivid wise you know it's not i don't always have like terrible nights of sleep but yeah i often will wake up trying to punch somebody or fight someone off <laughs> fucking making all kinds of mm-hmm. bullshit happening i thought i was gonna get bit in the hand by a bobcat that apparently can swim in water the other night yeah like, oh damn it's <laughs> waking yeah. no i'm with you i mean i think i've i've shared this with you but like i'm a very vivid dreamer as well uh and i also have this weird experience that I haven't met many people that share this, but like occasionally I have dreams that last what feel like a very long time in the dream, like multiple days or a week, you know, like I had a dream just this past week that was, uh, you know, it was like university related. It was related to like taking classes and stuff. And like that dream felt like it was like, two two ish weeks of and again it's not like it's the your sense of time is is different it's not like i lived every moment of two weeks the same way that you would in waking reality but i had the sense that in the dream as i popped into different moments i had the sense that like you know all of this time had passed And so even though I had like fast forwarded through the dream, it felt like I had absolutely just lived a week in the dream, like in that moment. Mm, Yeah. So then waking up out of that is a total trip and it can take me upwards of, you know, 30 to 60 minutes to like get my bearings Uh, on reality again because I was stuck in a different world for so long. And yeah, I mean, to your point about fuck psychedelics, let's talk about (laughs) dreams. I'm fucking with you, man. And I'm like, Carl Jung was all about that. He was so fascinated with dreams. Dreams are something that we understand so little about. And yet everyone does it. Um, And yeah, I mean, for me, like I am, I have really weird dreams. And a lot of times, like I wish that I didn't. But yeah, because it can kind of, it can, it can be a hard way to start your day. Yeah, dude. I'm Um, very much in that boat. It's been a long time since I've had. I don't know. I won't say a long time, but I feel like for a while I had pretty consistent dreams that would really fuck up the start to my day where I'm very much waking up wondering like, yo, did that experience happen? And if it happened, it has made me feel a very certain way, you know, and and that can be really jarring. Do you have any, do you have any examples? Um, yeah, like um, I'm thinking back to maybe just like past relationships and like dreaming about um, certain like other people, you know, and kind of having these yeah. bizarre experiences with, uh, you know, maybe these these loves that come in in and out of your dreams and shit, and like 
and just kind of like trips you out mm-hmm. and I don't know, can make you like desire connections that aren't real, I guess. Or, but like you're, it's yeah, also just, totally. I don't know, man. It, I totally understand how jarring that can be for the beginning of your day and like the anxiety that that can, uh, kick things off with. And I feel you on maybe like, yeah, sometimes like wishing I didn't dream so vividly, but also I feel like it's, it's, I'm kind of like, I've, I'm, I'm, I've started to like invite it a little bit where I'm just like, when I'm going to sleep, I'm just like, all right, let's see what the fuck we're doing tonight. Like, see what we're getting into, man. Mm -hmm. See what we're diving into. Like, well, what, what were your dreams like, uh, that month that you took off of smoking weed? uh, Yeah. Were you just having wild dreams? Super, super vivid and stuff, but I feel like it didn't, it wasn't like, it was like very consistent, I guess it was just happening nightly more, you know? Right. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't necessarily like pinpoint a specific dream from that time period, but I will tell you that I I do have like these very weird dreams that can like span anywhere from like three years back at this point of like dreams referencing other dreams things that happen in those dreams you know like i don't know i kind of have this uh this ongoing thing every once in a while maybe once or twice a year i have this dream that like i like was involved in a murder or something and have like covered it up Mm -hmm. and then i'll be in another Mm -hmm. dream and then there's an undercover cop that has nothing to do with this this current dream and it's just like yo what were you like what did you what did you have to do with this situation or like all of a sudden i'm just like in another scene of that situation so there's some kind of weird interconnectedness between the dream worlds yeah i know it sounds pretty far out but the dream yeah i just think dreams are absolutely insane the first time i ever like had any interest in kind of stream of consciousness writing I wrote about dreams and just about like, I also just kind of have this infatuation of like the people that I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the mics, but the, the people that appear in the dreams that are rather like insignificant to my life now. Okay. So like not, not a past girlfriend Mm -hmm. or like even someone I've had like some intense emotional. Yeah. An emotional, you know, relationship with, but I'm talking about like some kid that I knew that when we were five and we haven't talked in 25 years or, you know, or like almost 30 years now. And, and then they're in my dream in some sort of significant role. And I'm just like, why the fuck are you here? Yeah. What is (laughs) that? That's, that's my whole thing with the dreams. It's, it's not even necessarily always about what, what realm am I in? What's my environment? It's why are these certain people here? You know? And, and in my, is, is that going to like play later? You know, is that going to be on the other side of the, whatever's on the other side? Is that just going to be like, is that what the other side is? You're just like a series of dreams. 
Ooh, I mean, I know I you can't like answer that. this for me. <laughs> you can't, I know you can't answer and, uh, this I question for me. Like and you I, have nothing for me God, there. I but hope that's not, I would rather it be lights out than a series of <laughs> weird, <laughs> fucked up, interconnected dreams where undercover cops are following you for <laughs> some kind of murder that you may or may not have been involved with. Um, but also to your other point about when you asked me if I knew Braden was dead, I. I don't think I've ever had a dream about someone that was dead and not have like consciously known that they were no longer on this planet like that. Like anytime I've ever had a dream about Hmm. my, um, my dad's mom, it's always kind of with the knowledge of like, yo, this is, uh, I think this is a special thing. You know, like when you're talking about, I maybe want to bail on dreams. I'm kind of like, I don't know, man. Cause like when I have something like that or like one of these Braden things, usually I'm just like, Oh, that was a special one. Like that was a fucking, Mm. that was an opportunity to like experience this thing again. Yeah. It's weird with the people that have like passed at such a, like my grandma on my dad's side passed when I was fairly young like 14 so it's also interesting Mm -hmm. to like i kind of like imagine her at kind of in that same age range and like but i'm older Mm -hmm. you know like my timeline is still moving so yeah oh yeah that's interesting um fuck man even just the concept of um, dreams being this like very psychedelic thing and you talking about how like every day is an opportunity to to be reborn or to resurrect or whatever and it's like dreams are sort of the sort of the thread in that conversation right yeah, yeah. where it's just like you can have these wild experiences and then like you get pushed back out into life yeah, yeah. and then it also goes back to the conversation of like you like it's probably to your benefit that you learn how to kind of learn how to keep a grip on this reality or it's maybe going to be pretty difficult to maintain relationships as much as that psychedelic dreamland is uh far out and fucking wild Mm -hmm. and sometimes make you makes you feel like you're in touch with something that you're not with here it's like i don't i don't think it's not real but it yeah, I think there's a big benefit too. I think you're missing out on something if you uh, if you lose your ability to like have a grip on this reality and experience human connection in this realm. Because like that's like something you can like physically touch. So. Right. Yeah, and seems to have like a realer impact in terms of uh, someone else's daily life. Yeah, you know for sure. It's uh yeah. So that's my anti up. Death is my anti up to psychedelics, uh giving you like some perspective and whatnot. And it can be a much harsher yeah. way. Um, but I feel like there's nothing that For kinda sure. like and like I don't know. I know that's not <laughs> this isn't some hot take, but like death is like it's pretty undeniable. It's like hard to it's hard to fuck with death when it has like a real you know, connected impact on you. 
I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, it has a connected impact on everybody because we're all going to do it. Um, yeah, we're all going to, we're like, all going to do it, man. We're all going to do that. Um, yeah, man. And I think that that, uh, this is a bit of a tangent and I feel like we should probably wrap this conversation up fairly soon, but, um, and maybe I'm just not well-versed enough in the Bible to answer this question, but I'm, my thought that I'm having right now is I'm like, so if Jesus like came back from the dead in his body, like then what? He just ascended to heaven in his physical body. Like that, that, that makes less sense because none of us are going to ascend to heaven in our physical bodies. Right. Like, yeah, man. Shouldn't he still like be alive somewhere? Maybe he's alive and kicking in India. Have you, have you, I know I've talked about this before. I think the theory that after he resurrected, he went to India. Uh, I don't, and he I was like in I, India for like a minute. I don't know that I know anything about this. Really? Oh, there's like accounts that he was potentially like, um, some accounts say like maybe he was in, in India, like in his younger years, like before, you know, his age of 33 or 30 years old or whatever, when he started his ministry in the Middle East. Yeah. But then there's other accounts that like, yeah, there was this Yeshua guy who um, claimed to be, yeah, the leader of this like spiritual movement. And that after the, after this, what we consider the resurrection and like maybe for him, he didn't physically die or I don't know what the mechanics are behind that, but that he somehow ended up in India and lived out the rest of his days out there. Um, yeah. Continuing to like, you know, forge a spiritual path. Yeah. There's all these like, these all, there's all these interesting old records and like some of it is written down. Some of it is word of mouth. Like, but India has a very old culture and like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. I, but, but yeah, it has to be, there had to be some sort of Jesus figure for all this to like exist. And it was like his spirit was kept alive, obviously, by people that were impacted by it. Or like all of this doesn't get written down into this book, like whether it's like credible or not or like whatever. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. Someone has inspired the thing, you know, and we we see, you, you know, we see that in. Like pop culture, even. You know, like mm-hmm. artists impact the world forever because they inspire or the for next, a length of but time, like forever, really, because they like inspire oh, the yeah, next like layer of things, you know? Right. So even if a thousand years from now, someone doesn't know off the top of their head, like who Bach is, it's like, or who the Beatles right. are. It's like, yeah, but you can trace everything that you're doing back to that which is sort of interesting with the religion stuff where it's like you know a lot of christians think that like this shit started with jesus and it's like no like it goes like there's a thread that goes back through time thousands of years before jesus even um that's a part of this whole thing and it speaks to like the sort of 
universal nature of the story um of the you know of the hero's journey or of the like the savior and the the death and the resurrection yeah. and all that for sure man fucking resurrection dude yeah Re- I'm going to try to resurrect yeah. tomorrow. Resurrect yourself. Resurrect your friends. <laughs> Resurrections all around, dude. Like, you know? It's all around. Keep the yeah. keep the spirits of the, the people that, you know, inspire and mean something to you close and alive when you can. Hell yeah. Amen. You know? Also, um... Yeah, just like talking about that that psychedelic realm, I was thinking about that, um, and and kind of keeping a grip on reality too. I was, I was thinking about the lyrics to that that mountain song I sang you. I don't know if you checked out that Embird song. Oh yeah, that I sang yeah, yeah. you, but it's got that line that's uh, because all that ties you to the grid in the end will keep you alive. It's a walk in the dark, a stretching of time, a color of hope, a song in your mind. Like, I was just like this this guy gets it man. <laughs> yeah, he knows. He knows, he knows some things. He knows, but uh yeah, try to maintain your grip on the slippery slopes of life, I guess. And uh I don't yeah, know, man. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. It's a wild world right now and uh you know, I don't care what Andrew said earlier. If you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, I'll still hang out with you. <laughs> I want to talk to you about your reasons. I might hang out with you. I want to hear yeah. about your reasons. Hey, you know? like I I know yeah, that there's some people out there. Have a good reason. That, yo, I just know that I know some people that I think are not, you know, dumb people by any means and people that like I actually have a whole lot of respect for them either as like artists or just as people that you know are are thinking it's not for them right now or whatever and um it's it's you know whatever's good whenever you're ready to get in line or not get in line is is with you and uh i i uh i don't know that's like all i have is uh I'm trying to give you some space, you know, to <laughs> feel how what you think is the right thing, you know? Yeah, to do you. Well, yeah, I mean, me me saying on a podcast, fuck you, get your vaccine, is going to convince <laughs> literally nobody. So anybody who's on the other side of yeah, that fence, is not, they're not hopping over. It's like yeah. I, I mean, heard this guy the on core. this podcast earlier, and he said there's nothing to worry about, and I signed up the next day. Yeah, no people will people will make up their minds. They're gonna do what they're gonna do. Uh, and similar to the chat that we had, like at the end of the election, it's just like, man, people that are different from you. At the end of the day, you just gotta try to find some some compassion, some middle ground. Well, also, um, like, yeah, dude, think you don't got to like it. I was also like, think about think about the content that mattered within this conversation and what it revolved around. It's like life and death. Everybody, you know, is is experiencing life and death. So, like, 
yeah. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to understand that everybody else is, you know, living their own existence, and it doesn't always like look the same for everybody. So, um, yeah, good to fucking talk about some real shit that matters. You know, everything feels pretty goddamn political right now, and that How that so? feels overwhelming. <laughs> Because of the vaccine just everything. stuff? Feels just everything. Feels political? The, you know, the whole year has been, like, has been gnarly. Uh, I just feel like it's slowed down the last couple months, which has been so I, nice. I do feel like it has uh, it has slowed down a bit, which has been nice, you know? Um, but, yeah, I think even with, like, the vaccine stuff, that can get political quickly just because, yeah. like... Just because of dicey. all the, it's just been like such a shit show, man. Like, I don't know. It's wild. It's fucking wild. Yeah. But I'm glad. I'm I'm hope I I'm I'm with it. Like I got the vaccine. If I die, bless up. <laughs> like, fucking smoke smoke Big pray love. Up. I I hope <laughs> you enjoyed five minutes. Of any of the 50 episodes of this podcast that are available. And (laughs) (laughs) I hope it, you know, changed your lens or some shit and uh, whatever. Well, I'll give a big bless up to that. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Yeah. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. Blast off. Yeah. Let us all, let us all resurrect into something, something more whatever whatever yeah. you need it to be more meaningful yeah. more beautiful more yeah more something more full of life more we, full we of continue to unfold capitalism <laughs> more full of it all try to avoid that one but if that's you <laughs> then you know do your thing that's what i'm saying you just gotta right, do you you just gotta do you yeah uh yeah good hanging Thanks for doing the thing.